You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian. John, I like this chair. I like this chair. I can sleep in this chair. What's the. You haven't sat in that chair? No. Well, I may have, but I just never felt, I guess, relaxing enough just to lean back like this. It's all right. Yeah, don't fall. No. See, around, <laughs> my, you know, I spend a lot of time at my computer, uh, my, my, my desktop, because I, I do a lot of emails. I write for a lot of stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I've got an old straight back wooden ladder back type chair with that woven bottom like oh. bamboo or something and it's all busted out yeah so i had to put a pillow on it to keep it from eating me <laughs> now, that's the, old school yeah it is it is well it was free somebody put it on the curb and i thought it looked cool <laughs> so anyway now i'm starting to look like it <laughs> anyway we're gonna be talking about gardening today uh, well first i want to ask you uh java had the kid your kids made made cookies this past weekend yeah um you know halloween weekend um we like i said we did the carving of the pumpkin i got to show you the pictures of that it was really good we followed a pattern yeah that's okay it's uh, okay they're, they're, they're kids yeah but uh we did that we baked some uh some halloween cookies and let them let them kind of decorate them and um and then we kind of <laughs> we did a trick-or-treat thing at the house at your house at my house so we like the <laughs> they way to dress up and who are you little child are you a goblin or what yeah the way the house is set up our ha- we have like a long hallway so everybody's uh kind of room is on the hallway so we put some lights and put the pumpkin in the hallway and it was it was kind of spooky and we had music going and the kids you know it only takes so much for them to go go crazy and yeah, we, well, we had a good time well you talk about my chair being old school that is raising kids old school <laughs> well ra- you know a lot of people in my neighborhood uh you know well well, we don't have a lot of little children in the neighborhood, uh-huh. so we didn't wasn't a big trick or treating thing. And then we kind of missed um, because of our schedules the some of the things that the city of Jackson does yeah. each year with the trunk or treats and stuff like that. So um, you know, we just had a big celebration at the house, and I mean, the kids. They did the traditional get some candy, eat some candy, clunk out, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. Speaking of mist, I saw a really bad pun. I don't think I can find it because I'm looking for it right now. No, I can't find it because I'm looking for it, but it's, uh, it was a bad. Oh, here. Uh, it showed a picture of uh, boiling water. Uh-huh. It says, R.I.P. water, you will be missed. With the tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening today and uh, just kicking ideas around. And, and uh, it's fall. There's a lot of stuff still going on for the summer garden. People up north, they got hit. I mean, I've, I've, on this Mississippi Gardening Facebook, people are sending pictures of plants they should have brought in. Oh, and didn't. okay. They booglified. There you go. They, that's the word that's for the, the season booglified. right there. Booglified is a, a word coined by my friend Clayton Allen who's a linguist, and uh, it's, it, because it's not a word for what happens to plants when they freeze, then turn brown, then start melting and dripping down on the floor. There's not a word for that whole process. He said, 
just make a word up like booglified. It sounds proper. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't uh it booglified doesn't have that that weird that connotation of the bad smell of melting chlorophyll. Yeah. It's a it's a gunky type of smell. Anyway, we're gonna be kicking ideas around folks. If you've got some things you wanna yak about, it's toll free, one eight seven seven MPB ring. And uh Java's gonna be the the uh, phone greeter today. I brought in some stuff when I walked, uh some fall colors. It is Astounding! North Mississippi has had it. South Mississippi is on your way, but Central Mississippi, the fall colors are coming in with a big swoop. I brought, uh, I, I mean, I have go- colorful golden uh, ginkgo. I've got some uh, the sweet gums, uh, sumac, brilliant red sumac, uh, my, my, my Japanese maples, um, uh, dogwood, oaks, lustrous green of of uh, of uh, magnolia, but uh, let's don't forget cypress. Uh, Java, I don't know my Crayolas very well, but that's not brown. It's kind of on the orangey, but it ain't. But it, but it's it, not. It that's ain't what... red. It ain't orange. It ain't brown. It's not yellow. It's got all those overtones. Yeah, but that is, that is a re- what. Um... It's it's rusty. It's it's this this a cypress tree, bald cypress. Oh, okay, okay. And a lot of people say, well, it just turned brown. I'm saying, well, first of all, brown is a color too. I know it's not in the rainbow, but it's a color. And look at all those different things that collectively we call brown. Then we, maybe we should just call it. I don't know cypress. if it's or or fall. Because yeah. that is like the epitome of all the fall colors. Yeah, and the nice part about uh, cypress trees is urban plants. First of all, they grow straight. You can put them just to one side of the power line. It won't have to be topped by the company. But when the leaves do fall, which is where the word fall comes from, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they don't say fall in England. They say autumn. And it's they say, autumn. Yeah, which, which we say, too. That's how we learned it. But we call it fall because that's what happens. Everything hits the ground. Yeah. Hey, listen, before we go to the phones, let me mention something happened this past week. Seemed like every week is something stupid. The other night, you know, I, I, I appreciate wildlife. I've got a wildlife habitat garden, got the sign. I like spiders because they do good stuff, but I have a little girl squeal. If I run into a spider web, you know, and I'm not expecting it, a little girl squeal come. See, I have this atavistic thing about spiders. Well, the other night, I rolled over in the middle of the night, and something bit me on the shoulder blade. I mean, I came, I was sound asleep. I came straight up out of the bed. Covers went everywhere. I looked for my flashlight. And I wanted to see what kind of it. Was a brown recluse? What was it? And it was just a corn chip I rolled over on. <laughs> you thought you were a gunner, man. I was. It was a corn chip from watching gun smoke late at night and eating. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, good living. <laughs> I'm awake. Let's let's start out this morning. Let's go down the Gulf Coast to Gulfport. Good morning, Rebecca. How are you this morning? Ah, oh, we're doing just fine, Felder. I, yeah. I call it winter cypress. Winter cypress. That's a good one, but it's it's so pretty. Yeah, because my, my 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 hair is a strawberry blonde, and my mother always called it winter wheat because it had that golden <laughs> quality to it. Well, what's going on in your garden this morning? Well, I have a very large compost pot. In the backyard, gets all my kitchen scraps and everything. Uh huh. Me too. I now have a two foot tall grapefruit tree and a seven foot long Roman tomato plant, which is producing yeah tomatoes right now. Uh huh. I've got like a dozen in it. It hasn't produced all summer, <laughs> but now that it's gotten to be seven feet tall and it's starting to get cool, I've got a dozen and a half tomatoes on this plant. Yeah. Well. Go- hooray! Now what? <laughs> no, let me ask you. You don't sound like you're from the Gulf Coast. 
No, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin. Oofta. We're going to get yeah. a frost. Well, you know, you can grow tomatoes on the coast until maybe past Christmas. If 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 you can protect it from a frost, they'll, you know, they're native to the Andes. They they're used to, they actually produce better in cooler weather than the middle of the summer. So, if you can protect them from an actual frost, you know, down below 35, they can keep on producing maybe into the first of the year on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, I just find it shocking that it waited until October to start making tomatoes. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and back home, you know, September is when, you know, y'all have to start rolling up the sidewalks because it's starting to get cold. Well, we don't have that down here. So anyway, this is one of the pleasures of gardening in the South. It's, our summer was the Wisconsin winter. You can't do much in the winter there. You can't do much in the summer here. But this is perfect weather. Oh, and, and by the way, your citrus tree that's coming up. It may take it four or five, maybe seven years to, to go through its juvenile phase and reach fruiting maturity. So you, you, you're not going to know for years whether it's going to be worth growing or not because they're hybrid. And uh, so, in other words, you, you can plant the seeds of a lemon, and when it comes back, it won't be the same lemon because of cross-pollination. My lemon trees are a, a light, light green. Yeah. I mean, almost, almost a... a, a Pale green. Yeah, color. but 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 when you grow something from, my from a, fruits are this really nice dark glossy green. Yeah, well, see, bees will cross pollinate between those, and so the seed is going to be uh, what they call have seedling diversity. It won't be the same as the fruit that you got it out of, and it's going to take years. Yeah. But but anyway, have fun with. It. Meanwhile, um, we have this phrase in the South called BLT. Y'all have that in Wisconsin too. Better late than never. Nope, that's a good one. No, bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich, and you're you're oh, yeah. you're, you're you're ready for it. Yeah. Okay. The aromas are from my husband's salad leftovers. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You planted seeds from your husband's leftover no. salad? No, no, this is growing out of my compost pot. <laughs> I didn't plant these. This is a volunteer. Yeah. Well, woohoo! Let's have some fun, Rebecca. Call us. Let us know how okay. it turns out. All right, darling. Bye. Appreciate it. All right, darling. Bye. <laughs> okay, hey, let's slide up to Brandon. Bill, what's going on? Hello, hey, hey Bill. What's what's up, man? Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, in South Florida, we had a sand bee around Lake Okeechobee. The sand around Lake Okeechobee. My yep. brother down north of Eagleville had a had something that looked like. Okay, hey, Bill. Bill, we got a, there's some we got a bad connection. Got a real bad connection for some reason. Call us back. Let's because we could barely hear you. Anyway, give us a call back. Uh, meanwhile, while we're waiting on that, let's slide up to Houston. Hey, Betty. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Good. So I need to know about fig trees. My daughter has a fig tree that was just beautiful this year. It's all kind of figs. It's got three baby figs. Trees coming up underneath it. Mm-hmm. We were trying to decide who is the best time to transplant these. Okay. Would, it be better, would it be better to put them in pots now and keep them indoors? Would it be better to leave them where they are and plant them? Spring, or would it be better to dig them up now and plant them in the yard? Well, you could do all of them, but and better is a is a relative term. What I would do is I would dig the holes where they're going first, because that may be all you feel like doing that day. And if you don't do that right, the fig's going to be a victim of what you do. So go ahead and dig a nice wide hole. 
and add just a little bit of stuff to it. Not much, but a nice wide hole. Uh, so, and they cover it with leaves, regular tree leaves, not pine straw or bark or anything. That way, when you get around to moving it, you just dig it up, stick it in a new hole, cover it with leaves, and you're done. Uh, but anyway, the best time is going to be fall or winter, and it's fall now. You know, while you know what they are, they'll, they'll get established before spring. Uh, if you wait till spring to plant them, they're not going to have as good a So fall or winter is the best time. Okay. How tall are these? Dig the holes like this weekend, and then when when we get ready to plant the thing, just move the leaves and, and put the fig trees. Yeah. I mean, you, you might do it both at the same time, but the, the hole is the most important thing because if the tree dies, you can always, you, the hole's already ready for, for a new plant. Okay. But you can take the toughest. Uh, let me, how tall are these? Betty, how tall are these? Oh, they're probably less than a foot tall. Okay, tall. that's fine. Uh, what I would do is uh, is go ahead and plant them as soon as you get around to it, and then cover them up with a big, thick layer of leaves. Because North Houston, North Mississippi, if we get a hard, deep freeze, they're not going to have as good a root system. So just mulch them really good. Okay, but not don't put mulch over the top of them. Well, yeah, we put put le- put leaves on tree leaves break down and feed the soil. They feed worms. Yeah. They improve your soil, and then you can put bark mulch or pine straw on the top to pretty it up. Okay, but let's okay. feed the soil first, and then do the cosmetic thing on top. Let me ask you one more little thing about where to put it. Do, do fig trees have to be sheltered? Do they have to be next to a shed or something? They don't. That that old idea that they grew best up against the shed was because they had roots growing up under that cool shed where it was dry. Figs are Mediterranean okay. plants. They don't like all the rainfall we have here. So as long as it's not an area that stays wet, you know, if it's a flat ground, kind of mounded up a little bit. Uh, but up against a, a, a south-facing uh, wall, it works great, especially in north Mississippi. They grow figs against stone wall, stone castle walls in Scotland, but it's always on the south and up against that warm wall. But uh, in and you know, it, where's the tree? The tree that's growing right now is it just out in the open. No, it's 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 but it's in a corner where a fence comes up against the house. Yeah, against her house. Well, North Mississippi, a protected place is is, is okay. You know, I was raised with my great grandmother's fig tree, fig bush in Indianola, over in the Delta, just just south of Memphis. It still makes figs, and she planted it before my dad was born. So we, you know, her great, her great, great grandchildren are picking figs from that old tree, and it's just no, no protection at all. But anyway, the main thing is get the dirt right. Okay, we'll do. And thank you so much. You bet, Betty. Uh, folks, we got some. Uh, can we do Bill? Bill call back. Let's see if Bill. Bill, let's see what kind of connection we got. You there? Yes, sir. Uh, my brother down north of Eatonville has mounds in his yard like it looked like the sand bee we had in South Florida. You have anything like that that in the fall? How, how, big, how, how, how big are these mounds? About, about like a crawfish. They could they could be crawdads. You know, they got crawdads down there, but it could also be mole crickets, M-O-L-E crickets. They have a lot of those things, but anyway, really bad connection for some reason. So, uh, what we can do? We got we got folks from Kosciuszko, from Picayune, from Magnolia, all you know, all over the state. Folks, if you're in Tennessee or Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, you're here. It's toll free wherever you call from, uh, any place. If you're listening live on streaming, you could call us. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, she was talking about her fig trees in Java. 
I picked me a fig today. I, I saw it in your hand when she started you know, talking it's about a, it. And, I, and this one is a special variety. It tastes like honey. Okay. But they're still producing. But anyway, there's some stuff you can do this weekend planting. There's some cleaning up stuff. I got a list of chores if you want them. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. And by the way, when we come back from this, because it's leaf raking and compost time, we're going to hear a, a blast from the past. We're going to have... My friend, your friend, everybody's old friend, Jonas Adams. Jonas Adams, talking about where do gardeners go when they die. Where do the gardeners go when they die? What is reincarnation? A gardener asked his friend. His friend replied, well, it happens when your life has reached its end. You see... They store your tools, and they roll your holes, and they clean your fingernails. Then they bury you deep in a compost pile, far away from life's travails. You start to melt down in that leaf pile that you are inside, and later you're put in the garden and just beginning your transformation ride. Well, in a while, some rain's gonna come and fall upon the ground, till one day on your lonely little spot a little flower will be found. And say a slug should slide by and graze upon the flower that once was you, but has now become a vegetative bower. That little flower that has been eaten by the snail becomes everything essential for its shell. But some he's consumed he can't use, so it passes through, and finally it lays there on the ground, this stuff that once was you. And then say that I should wander by and gaze upon the ground and wonder, and ponder on this object that I've found. Well, it sure makes me think of reincarnation, of life and death and such, and I walk away concluding that, friend, you ain't changed all that much. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing me and Java and, and um, uh, Jonas Adams. He was a producer for a long time, and he's in Washington now, do, Washington, doing quite well. Yeah, him and his family um, out there. I know since he's been out there, he, him and his wife has welcomed a new uh, baby girl. So, yeah, he's out there doing big things. Java's, Java, he's up. Uh, uh, I think he introduced you to MPB. Yeah, the way I always describe Jonas is I have been on his coattails <laughs> ever since uh, Jackson State University. We started out uh, WJSU on the campus of Jackson State University. Then we both went to um, uh, WJMI, uh, well, WOAD, the gospel station here mm-hmm. in Jackson. Then we both went over to WJMI, him making all these moves first, and then I would come second. And then he came over here to MPB, and then we when he was leaving, he was like, hey, Java, you've been following me along. Come on. <laughs> so come, come on. on. <laughs> well, it's been five years now, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, and by the way, I was at this wonderful plant swap down in Mobile. It was a big, big crowd, lots of plants. There's a whole bunch of whooping it up and all. But I cannot tell you how many times people say, where's Java? Did you bring Java? Did Java come with you? And I kept saying, I'm an hour of Java's week. You know, Java's got a life and work. <laughs> yeah, this- <laughs> but it's very appreciative, though. I still remember when we went, fell down the road. It was great meeting people. 
Well, we're going to get t- go back to doing what we're here to do, and that's to open up our screen door and let folks come in and just yak about gardening. We're going to slide over to Kosciuszko. TJ, you've been hanging on for a long time. How you doing, guy? What's up? Hey, good morning, Felder and Java. Howdy. What's up? I want to encourage everybody to uh, enjoy Walter Anderson in the new documentary, and I've been following him for a long time. And uh, is, is that, I, I just is that the, the one? Art, ca- is that one called Realization of an Artist? Yeah, and uh, cool. the Islander. Yeah, the Islander. He's from Mississippi, and he's, if you love nature and wildlife and people, you know, just look it up and and, and watch what you see. Yeah, this is a you know this followed his whole life about. Um, you know, about his struggles, you know, back during the Depression and, you know, how he got by with loneliness and, and uh, all, you know, hospitalization, all that kind of stuff. But uh, it talks about all the stuff that he's done, and it's a, it's a well-done documentary. So it's a, and uh, I forget the whole name of it. I want to I say it's— It's uh, Walter Anderson, The Extraordinary Life and Art of the Islander. It okay, premiered, that's, that's not the one I saw. I saw a, a, a different one, I guess. Well, this is a brand new one. It premiered just last night on oh, MPB okay. TV. And um, for anyone who missed it, you can watch it on demand um, at mpbonline.org. What does it cost to do that? Absolutely nothing. It's free 99 So you go to MPB Online. MPBonline.org and right on the front screen, it's a big uh, Walter Anderson painting and uh, Walter Anderson, the extraordinary life and art of the Islander. Wow, TJ, thank you, man. That's cutting edge. Appreciate that. And his his museum down the coast is incredible too. But let's slide a little bit further uh, towards New Orleans, going to pick you and talk with Barbara. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Well, good morning. Long time haven't talked to you. Yeah. Um, my garden is looking beautiful. I've had extensive work, and I'm working constantly. I finally found some help to help me. Work, 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 work. Where's the fun? <laughs> it's my life, honey. I just <laughs> That is my fun. Good. Um, my problem is I introduced that um, a campus radicans. Good, the, good, great native. They sell that for like $10 as hummingbird vine, and it's just a, it's a, it's a great weedy native. No, it's taken over my yard, and I can't get rid of it. I I sprayed, but that just killed the leaves. And am I going to have to dig up the roots? Well, keep in mind that that uh, trumpet vine, this is, trumpet vine, or some people call it trumpet creeper, and smilax and poison ivy. They're native, and they're not taking over your yard. They're taking back their yard because they were here first. This, they grow better than whatever you want to plant out there. So they're doing what native plants do best. Uh, the problem, if it's interfering with some of the stuff you want to do, you got to keep it at bay. you got to bail out that leaky boat over and over and over. Here's the thing, and, and, I, and I grow this myself, but I grow it on a pole that I can walk around so it can't get away. I grow it like a big umbrella, growing up a pole, hanging back down because it's a terrific hummingbird plant in the summertime. But And, and the seed pods make good uh, Christmas tree decorations, by the way. But where it comes out where you don't want it, if you could pull it up as best you can, that 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 root that rhizome is fairly shallow, and when the ground is moist, pull up as much as you can, and then cut down what you can't pull up. And get this, uh, Barbara, next spring, when the new growth comes out and it gets so uh, four, five, six, 
maybe 10 leaves, you know, when it's growing good before it gets very big, you can brush it or spray it with Roundup safely, and it kills it roots and all. But it works best on young, actively growing leaves, not old summer drought or fall or anything like that. So just like with poison ivy, if you cut it down over the winter and then let the new growth come out and treat it, that'll kill it roots and all. It really does work. And it won't hurt tree trunks and your dirt and stuff like that. It won't give you cancer. <laughs> well, I've been trying that for a year and a half. Well, okay, but but only only in the spring, late spring and summer. That's the trick. That is the trick. But you should see my blue ginger that finally bloomed last year and this year that I bought at some street fair. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous good 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 well good good luck on the native vine. i i deal with with uh with a little bit of trumpet creeper against one of my my far walls but mostly i have uh virginia creeper well i said what trumpet vine on the far wall but virginia creeper and it's a native plant it just it just trying to take over its land okay bailing out a leaky bow but anyway try that let the new growth come out in the spring and treat it well i want to plant where it is <laughs> well dig, then dig it up Dig it up. That's well, all that that work, and it doesn't go to China. It's you know the the parts that sprout out new growth are fairly shallow. Yes, I know. I've been doing it. Yep. So cut cut around it. Cut straight down all the way around it. Cut through those rhizomes, and on the inside of the cut, pull up what you can, and you're done with it. Okay. No. Can I spray the roots? Because when I that doesn't have any effect. That's not the way the stuff works. No, no. What I mean is there are little filler. Little uh, clumps of roots around that long shoot. It's the long shoot that sprouts out. That's the stem. The roots don't sprout. No, but I, if I've dug out that root, then you're I, done. N- no, there are all these little these little roots around it. If I spray those nope. little, nope. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, the only way I can be feel good about when recommended chemicals is use them when they're effective use them right and spraying the root doesn't work it just simply doesn't work dig up those 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 things the the stems the rhizomes in the ground and uh and and you're done with it really i i I deal with this myself this is this is me talking not some textbook this is how i do it okay dig it up you're done with it hopefully thank you (laughs) okay barbara Maybe. Fingers crossed. It might work. We'll see. This is the way I do it, Paul. Hey, let's slide down to the county seat of Pike County. Not many people know this. You think of Pike County being Macomb. We're going to Magnolia, Mississippi. Hey, John, how you doing, man? Good morning, fella. How you doing? This doing morning? good. How long you been from you've been from Magnolia a long time? No, sir. This is this is the old Indian part and this is the old Cherokee. I talked to you before. Oh yeah. Okay. Well what's up, man? Gatlinburg is closed and the mountains closed. Can't nobody get up there. Yeah. What I call you for? I got to get up out of here. Uh, look, I'm setting out some collars. Will they do anything? Yeah. No. Collars like this weather. Matter of fact, after get a frost, they're sweeter. I just planted kale and Swiss chard, and uh, you know, and and uh, uh, I didn't plant collars because I like kale better. It's a little bit sweeter, but uh, the, the colder, the colder, the sweeter they get. All right, all right. That that sound that sound like a weather. Yeah, yeah. Well, that. I'm I'm going home the first weekend in December. And the way my son's coming to get me. Well, then 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 put then put them in a pot so you can take them with you. <laughs> I'm serious, I, I, uh, Mr. Felder. Now nothing don't grow too much in East Tennessee like they do in Middle Tennessee. Coll- collards will. Rock, rock. Co- collards will. Collards like cold weather. Yes, sir. 
So yes, take, take, now you're not moving back for good, are you? No, sir. Not, everybody's fussing at it. Uh, Judge Paget <laughs> in his lifetime, and then others, Miss uh, other Miss Feld and all of them. You, preacher, you can't leave us. You've been down here too long. Now. <laughs> well, I can go home, and I can't go nowhere else. There you go. There you go. Well, take some callers I'll with you. I'll be gone two or three months. Okay, well, what, give us give us a shout and let us know how you can take some collars in a pot and then let us know how they did. Come on, preacher. All right, I, I sure will. I'll call you when I get back. <laughs> okay. See you, man. Yeah, yeah, have a good one, yeah. Thanks, you too. He says, have a good one. He just helped us have a good one. Have a good one. Oh, by the way, I'm making ristras this weekend. That? Have you seen these long, how they, they braid garlic in these long braids? Yeah, I've seen that. And you've seen the way they, they have like hot peppers in these big chain and braids? Long, yeah. Yeah, ristra is, uh, is from an old Spanish word. It means string. From an old Latin word, it means rope. Okay. And so I'm taking my hot peppers that I'm, 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 I'm tying their little stems, hanging them up to dry, and they're pretty. And you can always break them off and cook with them. There you go. Little 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 holiday weekend. I also took a pressure washer to my flagstone, folks. I rented one. You know, you can buy one of those little cheap things that you got to figure out how to store it all winter, and maybe it works. A little electric thing, but I go out and I rent me a gasoline powered pressure sprayer. It'll peel everything off for like forty five bucks, and I clean my garden up. You know, the full moon comes out. It's pretty. It's brighter. Got rid of all that sooty mold and the gunk and the algae and all that stuff, and just everything looks nice and bright and clean ready for for some snow <laughs> job i think we'll get snow anytime please don't soon. put that on us anyway i did a little pressure washing this weekend and harvest some zinnias flowers that are faded to save some seeds but we're going to talk about all that when we're going hey i've got a really cheesy tune when we come back with more of the gestalt garden here on mississippi public broadcasting Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to Russia. Me and Java are whooping it up. And Liz Gill is a phone grouper. She's an executive producer here as well. So got the lines wide open. If you want to give us a call and yak about gardening, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, by the way, Java got me uh, some new pruning shears. I don't know if you could hear can you hear that? Oh, yeah. No, those, are, those are brand new. Brand new. Uh, they cost $60. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I mean, pretty, last time I for some shears. Yeah, you know, I don't sell anything for a living. I don't care what people do. It doesn't matter to me at all. But but I want if I'm gonna get something, I want it to be nice. I get walking shoes. I'm gonna get good walking shoes. Yeah. Well, this is a brand, and, and I wish we were being paid to say stuff like this. <laughs> this is a brand called Felco. There's Coronas. There's a there's a whole bunch of really good pruning shears out there. But you go anywhere in the world, Japan, California, England, Germany, anywhere where people prune for a living. They use Felcos, mm-hmm. but uh, they're expensive. They're proud of them. <laughs> but uh, mine finally—they didn't break. They yeah. got—they got lost. They're somewhere in my yard. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I, got, I had to go out and give me some new ones because you got to prune. Yeah. You know, some people cooks have their favorite tools. I have mine. I use my my little turning fork. I use a five gallon bucket, and I use my pruning shears. Those are the things I, I use the most in my garden. And a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I use that a lot, too. Speaking of which, I pressure washed my my uh, my flagstone on my decks this weekend. Uh-huh. I should have pressure washed That's this cup. Say, you, yeah, you, you might should have pressure washed that cup. It, that may be the key to getting it off of there. <laughs> I like this. Uh, you know, brown is a color, too. You know, anybody can have a red, plain old white coffee cup. No, mine is mixed. That is funny. That is funny. <laughs> and I'm going to post a picture with the podcast of the, all these fall colors around this coffee yeah, you cup. you got a, sm- a smorgasbord of uh, fall flavors over there. I do. It's a beautiful time of the year. Um, by the way, you said an email came in. Yeah, uh, yeah, a couple emails um, right here at the top. Um, actually, Jesse Yancey, your friend Jesse, Jesse Yancey. I was in his garden yesterday. And he emailed you yesterday. Um, <laughs> uh, he said, failed to remind me of that thing you told me about tropical milkweeds and monarch butterflies. Oh, well, for, first of all, uh, it, I don't know if Jesse's listening or not, but uh, Bob Bruzak, who's a landscape architect and horticulture professor at Mississippi State, he gave a lecture at the Utero Welty House yesterday on pollinators, and I went to it, and uh, I walked Bob down to Jesse's garden. It's an incredible – it's a, a, a gallimaufry, a mix of stuff. It's got flowers and vegetables, tropical – got everything, a little abandoned, basically, lot. Uh, but he's got tropical milkweed. Here's the thing. Uh, some people say don't plant tropical milkweed because butterflies will stay on it, and then it, it, it builds up and causes a problem. I'm not going to get into the details, but this is not a problem except along the Rio Grande, uh, where when monarchs migrate to Mexico in the, in the, the, the fall, uh, you know, they follow the milkweed, and this stuff along the Rio Grande is – blooms year-round so the monarchs stay there and and, and uh, there's a, a, a little critter in it that builds up and causes problems with them it's not as serious as people make it out to but it is serious it's not a problem here because tropical milkweeds as soon as it gets cold they they die down not a problem if you're concerned about it, it is the best garden quality milkweed got a lot of great milkweeds i love them but this one blooms from spring till fall it's a pretty plant it grows well with other plants it roots easily uh but if you're concerned about the monarchs you know if there's any left in your yard just cut the stuff down and they'll move along not that big a deal uh hey we got a uh uh, uh john is calling from on the road where are you john you got your hands on the wheels I've got one hand on the wheel, and I'm talking on the phone, so I know I'm not being safe, but okay. you know, I, I had to ask a question. Okay, what's up? <laughs> okay, I had bought a thornless blackberry bush from one of those big retail companies. I'm not going to mention the name, mm-hmm. but uh, it did well when I first planted it, and uh, it has 
it, it produced plenty of blackberries, and they were very delicious. But now the the beginning stems have died off, but the it has made even more growth, and it has taken off. Yeah. And I'm wondering, it doesn't look like it's going to show any signs of flowering or anything during the summer months. And I was wondering, am I going to expect even more blueberries, since, I mean blackberries, since this thing has taken off so well, or is this one of those once-and-done things. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a once and done thing every year. They bloom in the late winter, early spring, and then they have blackberries in the summer, and that's it. They don't, they're don't. they not ever blooming. Okay. Well, so, I was just wondering, because the, the beginning growth, it wasn't as um, prolific, I guess, as yeah. it is now. Yeah. I guess it had to get established, but yeah. these, others, these other limbs have just taken off and gotten thicker and longer, and I've got... Uh, some of these branches going probably eight to ten feet okay. in just one Here, year of growth. Okay, here's the deal on blackberries. They bl- what's out there right now? What grows in the late summer and in the fall is where your flowers and blackberries could be next year. Okay, so okay. the the way blackberry growers handle it is when they get through picking in the summertime, they cut stuff way back then. And then let it sprout back out the rest of the summer, and what grows the rest of the summer will have berries the next year. So, so you you know, if there's anything that's wayward in your way, just you know, like an like an eyebrow hair growing on the side of your face, just pluck it out. But in general, after you get through picking, is when you prune them back to a foot and a half, two feet tall, and they'll branch back out and have more the next year. Also, with suckers coming up from the ground. They don't have, in the spring, they don't have berries that year. But when they start coming up, if you'll snip the tips off of those and they're a couple of feet tall, they will branch out the rest of the summer. So snip on the, the, the new sucker growth in the, in the early summer, cut the old stuff back after you get through harvest, and you're done till the next year. That's great. See, I have a little wire trellis that I've just been wrapping them around just to make sort of like a bush, and that, I didn't know that, should that, I cut it now that, or not. Yeah, that, that, that trellis was a one-shot thing. They're on their own now. All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Appreciate your call, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Now, we're going to go down. we we'll talk to a gal. She tried to call in last week, but we had had, we had had difficulties with the connection. But Mikey is calling from Mobile. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Hey, good morning. I've had the tool thing happen to me, too. I lost pruners, you know. It's like, fortunately, I didn't buy the expensive ones, you know, because I kept kept losing so many of them. But I got an idea that will work, especially if you've invested in in any kind of a hand tool, scissors. I use kitchen shears a lot, uh, and it works. Um, uh, Anything like that, pliers, you know, wrenches. Right, right, right. Um, uh, first of all, I, I do paint them, but I paint them with tribal colors, you know, and <laughs> tribal prints. And I also make sure that I put my <laughs> my initials. Now, this probably won't work so well for you because people will be stealing yours if you put your initials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I might. No, <laughs> no, no, no so, I'm just teasing so, so, about stealing. So, but, so paint, them, uh, paint them bright colors. Or tri- tribal patterns or whatever you want, you know, whatever you got, like you always talk about, just use it. But the, the, the thing that's, uh, that works even better and is more temporary is to take plastic bags. The brighter the color, I suggest a bright yellow, you know, particularly if your eyesight's changing. Um, that would be me. Um, and, and you're working in areas where, you know, you've got semi-woods right. or whatever. And take that plastic bag. The handles work the best, but you can take anything, any kind of a plastic thing and strip it, make strips out of it, yeah. tie it in a pom-pom, and when you drop it, 
you'll be able to find it. Now, I'm <laughs> moving on. I, I'm moving on. I'm getting into using neon paint. I got you. That's, that's, a, that's a good stripes, idea. Put, yeah, put, put, put something, a ribbon or something like that, that that stands out. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. All righty. Well, it depends on, yeah, you can still take it off. If yeah, you yeah, to, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, pretend that's, to be respectable. It's, it's, a, it's a great idea. As a matter of fact, and and I, I'm sort of with you on this. Uh, when I retired from the from the university years ago, uh, I went out and treated myself to a really good string trimmer, big, tr- and I got the kind commercial guys use. You know, not the throwaway kind. I got a really good, one. and and I'm still using it uh, almost 20 years later. But when, as soon as I got it, it and my my uh, my my ladder, I spray painted purple, because that way, if somebody stole it, they'd be embarrassed. Okay. Anyway, Mikey, we appreciate it a whole bunch. We're going to move uh, up to Vicksburg now and call, talk to Al. Al, what's going on? Uh, hey, Zelda. Um We have inherited a farm, uh, an old farm place that has uh, like four blueberry bushes on right, them, but right. they're probably 20 feet tall. Yeah. Um, how do I tame those? Okay. Okay, I'll answer the question. We got a bad connection, so so just stay tuned. I'll answer the question. We get off off the when you hang up. But appreciate your call. I don't know what some something going on. Yeah, out we're there. just gonna have to work that out. But yeah. I think you want to talk about the blueberry. Bushes. Yeah, the blueberries. And and I've got a friend of mine who lives around the corner, and his blueberries are, are really big too. Here's the deal: what's out there right now, like with blackberries, is going to have the flowers and berries next year. So if you prune them now or in the late summer, fall, winter, they go your berries. So what I would do is uh, you know, thin out the really tall stuff, but leave most of it unpruned so you can have a, a decent crop next year. And then next year, when you get through picking them, just cut them way back. They'll sprout back out, you know, just like a like a crepe myrtle or, or, or a holly or something. Uh, cut them back as soon as you get through harvesting and cut them back to lower than you want them to grow back up to. Uh, also, when the suckers come up f- up from the ground, blackberries and blueberries both do this. Figs do too. When they send up uh, shoots from the ground, uh, they're not going to have berries that year. So when they get about knee high or so, waist high, snip the tips off of those, and they will branch out the rest of the year. So there's two ways of pruning blackberries and blueberries: is to uh, Cut on the new growth coming up the ground in the spring and early summer, and as soon as you get through picking, cut the tall stuff back below where you want it to grow back up to, and then you're done. And uh, this is called rejuvenation, but in case of spring blooming plants like azaleas, blueberries, things like that, you wait till after they finish blooming or fruiting. But uh, just get it done by the middle of the summer, and then leave them alone. And that works. That works. Oh, I'm real tempted to eat this fig, but, you know, it's a little bit... It, oh, how about this? I drop it on the ground. Uh, I brought all these uh, uh, leaves, different kinds of leaves, and uh, the dogwoods are turning brilliant red. Some of the oaks have got red colors. The sumac is brilliant. My Japanese maples. Uh, Nandina, look how red that Nandina leaf is. Uh, the beautiful orange, rusty, yellow, brown of cypress trees and and uh, maple trees. It's just incredible out there right now. They make a good leaf pile, folks. You don't have to put them in bags and haul them off. 
if you've got a yard that's big enough for a tree, you've got a place to find a corner to put these leaves. Doesn't have to be a compost. It can be what we call a leaf pile. Throw your banana peels and eggshells and the little top out of your peppers and all that stuff in there too. And you'll not only be growing compost, but you'll have something pretty to look at and make you feel better than your neighbors. We'll be right back with the Gestalt Gardener right after this. MPB Think Radio. Whatever your taste, news, music, storytelling, or how-to shows. Whatever your city, Natchez, Jackson, Tupelo, Cleveland. However you want. Radio, smart speaker, smartphone app. MPB Think Radio. All righty, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Got some lines open. You want to squeeze in another call or two? Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, Java, I brought in a lot of these fall colors. That's my native plants. So the you know I try to talk about native plants, something heirloom and something edible. Uh, and I mentioned that I planted uh, some uh, lettuce. I've got Swiss chard, which is really pretty leaves, beautiful blue lacinata kale called Tuscan blue. And I've got lettuces coming up like crazy. Take a little pinch of seeds. This is something your kids can do. They may not even like salads. If they're kids, they shouldn't. <laughs> but you get two or three different kinds of lettuce and mix the seeds together. And then take a little pinch, of, just tiniest little pinch of those seeds and put them in little small pots or egg carton styrofoam egg cartons with some potting soil and uh-huh. when they sprout you take the whole little clump and put it in a potter and some dirt outside and it grows a mixed let a mixed salad so you take an egg carton yeah that's a you know then, that's a good way to start them you know yeah, the east little east little little slot yeah see that's something for like they can wrap their mind around this yeah. goes in this little hole this goes in and, this little and hole they can water it all they want but when they're done water go in there and tip out the extra when they're not looking of course, because of you course. can't you know can't expect <laughs> them to do that but uh mix two or three different kinds of lettuce and a tiny little pinch and then plug those into outside in pots cold weather makes them sweeter but okay. you grow it the mixed salad is called mescaloon mississippi mescaloon and it's real quick Kids get instant gratification, and even if they don't like it, they're going to learn something. Yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's go to uh, Jackson and talk with Chris. Hey, Chris, thank you for calling. Thanks for taking the call. Heck yeah, what's up? I have been given some strawberry plants mm-hmm. earlier this year, and I've never tried to overwinter them before. I have them, they've multiplied, and I have them in a couple of pots. What do I need to do to get them through the winter? Plant them. In the ground? Yeah. That's where they grow, man. Okay. They grow they grow like crazy. Uh, here's the deal. The strawberry plants you have now have already got their little flower buds for the strawberries next year. They may not be very big. So if you'll plant them in a place where they don't stay wet all winter, you know, and then if it gets, if it's going to be like below 20, cover them up with some leaves and then uncover them. But they'll bloom in the spring and have strawberries. And then they send runners out that have new plants and those will be your big plants for the next year. See, so the you know, the ones you plant now, don't expect those to live two or three or four years. Expect them to have berries and then replace themselves with runners. And uh, every now and then just go in and just thin out the old stuff and something new will fill in their hole. But uh, no, they, I, they they like it outside in the cold. Yeah. Can I keep a few of them in a pot as oh, yeah. well? As oh, yeah. They, they, grow, they grow. You know, I, I, I met a uh, – when I was in England this past summer, I went to a community garden, and this lady has bags of potting soil, racks. Uh, just like shoe racks with bags of potting soil and load full of strawberries, 
just up off the ground. And it just every now and then she fills them with water. And that's it. Bags of potting soil. That's great. So I don't need to mulch around it, put put straw or pine straw or anything over the plants. No, if it gets really cold, like it did this past January, either drag it in or slip a plastic a trash bag or something over it. But other than that, they they could take freezing weather. That's great. Well, I've got uh, one berry that is uh, is hanging on and trying to get right before it gets too cold. I'm, yeah. Well, don't mess with that plant because right now, you know, let, let it finish this thing before you transplant it. But no, they they like it outside in the winter. Thanks so much. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, something, one other thing. called. I've got uh, uh, a camellias are blooming right now. To, oh, oh, here's the thing. If you have fish, you know, I got these fish that I that I got from my new MPB coffee Your cup. Your goldfish? Yeah. Well, I put them in, uh, in a, a big water garden thing I got, like a big tank. And they're, they're doing great. But now that it's getting cold, if you've got fish, whether it's koi or goldfish or whatever, stop feeding them. They need to kind of slow down. So don't feed, when it gets down, you know, into the 50s and all, when the water hits that, that low temperature, stop feeding your fish. That's just a, a little free tip. Now let's slide down to, the, to Biloxi to the coast and talk with Ian. Hey, Ian, how are you? Doing great. How you doing, Felder? Doing good. What's up? Yeah, I got a couple quick questions for you. Make, one, it, one, yeah, make them a, quick. Yeah, real real quick. Uh, Brugmansia in a pot, about a, a 20 or 15, maybe 15 gallon pot, kind yeah. of a bigger pot. Uh-huh. Should I bring that inside or no? no not on not on not on the coast. No, we're okay. Yeah, put it up against the south wall. If you get a hard uh, freeze, you cut it back. You know, mm-hmm. if it looks bad, just cut it back, and then maybe pile some extra mulch on top. But you know, on okay. the coast, no, no, no problem. And then the second question is: it, Is it too late to cut back a crepe myrtle a little bit? No, you can cut crepe myrtles back with a drunk driver driving a pickup truck any time of the year. But I wouldn't prune stuff hard in the in the in the late summer. But now that we're getting fall and plants are going dormant, there's no risk of them sprouting out new growth. So it'll be fine. Great. Great. How about in the Tampa Bay area? Great myrtles anytime, same thing? Great myrtles year-round year out there. I wouldn't worry about anything about Tampa Bay. Get down oh, to Tampa Bay, dr- you know, dr- drive across and go visit the Marie Selby Botanical Garden and stop worrying mm-hmm. about great myrtles. Awesome. Appreciate everything y'all do. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, this is Felder with the spider bite that turned out to be a rolling over on potato Corn chip. chip. <laughs> <laughs> Watching gun smoke. I can appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Now, Java, this is daylight saving time. We got two more nights of getting out and enjoying it before it gets dark. Yeah, it's going to start getting dark around 5 o'clock uh, starting next week. I made a mistake several years ago. I said, daylight saving, don't forget to, to put your your light, your light your night lighting timer back. And I realized, no, the, the day doesn't change and the light timer doesn't change. We change. That's it. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick break, folks. It's called a week. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I appreciate Liz Gill and especially Java Chapman. And uh, also... Uh, we appreciate I'll, you, Felder. Just whooping it up. Hey, if you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market while they're still rolling or go to a garden center, get some lettuce seed or, or uh, some daffodil, anything. Show kids how to do what is so important for us to show the how to get dirty. See y'all next week.